Hello and welcome to This Day Rocks from Vintage Rock Pod, the daily podcast looking back on this day in the history of rock. I'm Paul Stevenson. Today is June the 5th and we wish a happy birthday to Iron Maiden drummer Nico McBrain. He joined the group in 1983 and has been with them ever since. Nico is 70 years old today. And we remember someone who passed away really young who was born on this day in 1947. Tom Evans from the band Badfinger, the group given a push forward by Paul McCartney. Sadly, Tom committed suicide when he was just 36 years old. Tragic. It's a good reminder for everyone, no matter what's happening, to say please reach out for help. But for today's story, now I'm not going to bullshit you, I struggled to find a good one this time, so I looked to the music charts, and sitting at number one on the album charts on both sides of the Atlantic in 1983 was one of the biggest selling albums of all time, and it reminded me that someone I interviewed played on that record and told a great story about it. Yes, a thriller was number one on the album charts on this day in 1983. It was in the midst of a million weeks on top of the charts and on its way to selling in excess of 70 million copies around the world. Now, I interviewed Toto guitarist Steve Luke Lukather, great man, so nice and down to earth. And Luke famously played guitar on every track on that thriller album. And he told me this great story from being in the studio. And you mentioned that Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney and everything like that, and you worked on Thriller and you put down tracks and stuff for Thriller and Beat It. Obviously, the big story behind that, Beat It, I think you told the story that almost that was recorded backwards as well, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was recorded because there was another version of it before Eddie did the solo. And somebody cut the two-inch tape, which screwed up the Simpty code, which locks all the tapes up again. So Quincy asked me and Jeff to put the record back together again because they needed to keep those tracks first generation because that was a, you know, that was a, you had to think about that back then. And uh, so Jeff, there was no click track or nothing. Jeff had to go out and make his own click based on the, the bleed through of Michael's lead vocal in the headphones that was recorded while he was doing the vocal and Michael hitting two and four, like on a, on a drum case. And so Jeff went out and made his own click with drumsticks. Then he played the drums to that, and he locked it up by the second take. He nailed it. And so then I started putting all the guitars on it. I played the bass on it. And I, at first I made, since I knew Eddie was playing on it, and Quincy was at the Westlake Audio, and we were at Sunset Sound. He wasn't even there. We were on the phone going, Bob, here's what's going on. And we made the whole record, but I quadrupled the, the I made a big marshals <laughs> and everything like that. And Quincy's like, I love it, but it's too much. I got to get this on R&B radio. I can't do it with these, you know, it's too big. Use one of your little fender amps and turn down the distortion a little bit. You know what I mean? So I had to redo that. And then I went over and worked with Michael and Quincy on the rest of it, you know, and came up with some of the other ideas uh, to help them with the rest of the parts. Because I played all the guitars and the bass. And Jeff played drums, and that's and Michael sang, and Eddie played the solo. So I mean, a lot of people think Eddie played all the riffs and everything like that, but he didn't. Is you? Yeah. Wow. And then obviously the the girl is mine with with Paul McCartney and everything you worked with him. That was the and... first thing. That was the first thing we cut for Thrill. That the first one was it really? Yeah. And then, and then, believe me, that was a thrill when Jeff and I got that call. We were like, oh wow, McCartney. 
finally get to meet a Beatle, man. We were expecting McCartney. Wow. You know? And so that was a wonderful experience. Him and Linda were so awesome. And then we got invited to do give my regards to broad street, but they didn't tell us we had to wear makeup and wigs until we got there. You know? <laughs> but uh, you know, it was, that was an incredible experience just for the hang for two weeks with Paul, Linda, George Martin, Jeff Emmerich, their engineer. And I got to sit in every lunch day, sit around and talk about it. So how did you get the sound on this? And what did you do? How'd you record that? Blah, blah, blah. Man, I love this. What was the thought process here? And I, and they all love to talk about it. So it was really just like a dream come true. Wow. Geek out time. Absolutely. I'm still a fan, man. I'm still a fan of music and musicians. I mean, even though I've been doing this a long time, I got to work with so many incredible legends and stuff like that. Really famous people yeah. and stuff. I mean, I don't get starstruck per se anymore, but I do get like humbled and wow, I can't, I, you know, I'm respecting that I've got invited into this room with these guys. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It doesn't get old. And I'm, I don't think I'm all that. I'm still like really humble and, I can't even believe I'm here most of the time. You know? <laughs> the wonderful Steve Lukather there. 100% one of my favourite interviews I've ever done. If you've not listened yet, please do check out the full interview. He talks about Toto, of course, and about some of the other legends he's worked with, like Stevie Wonder, Ringo Starr, and a great story about an impromptu jam session with George Harrison, Jeff Lynn, and Bob Dylan. Wow. Check it out. It's on episode 34 of Vintage Rock Pod. Well, that's it for June the 5th, then. I'll be back tomorrow with another of my big interview shows. It's episode 66 this time, and it's got a star from Northern Ireland who for more than two decades played with one of the greatest guitarists of all time. So until then, take care.